0: This is episode number 82 of The Inspiring Talk with Deepak Kanakraju. Welcome, guys, to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Dear listener, on this episode, I chat with my friend, Deepak Kanakraju. Deepak, who goes by Digital Deepak, is a passionate digital marketer who has been in this industry since 2008. He is also an author, speaker, and trainer. When it comes to digital marketing in India, Deepak is probably one of the most sought-after experts. His blog Was ranked as one of the top 10 digital marketing blogs in India by Search Engine Journal in 2015. He got started online with his first startup, Bike Advice, which was an online motorcycle publication, as he is a passionate biker as well. Today, Deepak does a monthly revenue of over 1 crore, which is over 100,000 US dollars through his digital products and services. On this episode, I try to deconstruct Deepak's journey to give you a sneak peek into his life and share how he went from zero to one crore in monthly revenue using digital strategies. There are some principles he lives by, such as reinvesting in business, taking bigger risks, and so on. There's a lot to learn from this man. Let's jump straight in. Welcome back inside this episode, guys. I have Deepak Kanakraju with me here today. Deepak, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for being such a wonderful host,
0: Vijay. Thank you so much for your time, Deepak. Uh, Where are you in this quarantine time? So
1: right now I am at my dad's place. It's a farmhouse and uh, it's in Salem, Tamil Nadu. And it's like a four hour drive from Bangalore and I think uh, I'm finding myself uh, very productive here and I'm liking it. So I'm thinking, why haven't I done this before? Now the situation <laughs> had to put me here, but what uh-huh. a full time to create content, uh, especially to interviews like this, to videos, podcasts, YouTube videos, so much can be done. So yeah, pretty mm. excited.
0: Pretty excited so is life of a digital marketer affected by a lockdown how has that uh, uh, you know affected you as a digital marketer you are anyways working from home
1: i feel that it has been enhanced for a digital marketer because uh, yeah. most of the digital marketers at least 70% of them that i have met are introverts like to sit at home and work on things and stuff like that so uh, we are constantly distracted If we have an office, if we have, uh, you know, people coming in, going out then you have to go out, all those things. So I think uh, if you are forced to just sit at one place, uh, I think it helps. So let's hope that, you know, situation gets better and whatever lessons we are learning during these times stays with us for a long time. So that's the expectation.
0: Yeah, Let's hope for the best. Um, And I have been locking myself down and uh, the good thing that is coming out of this is you know, the course that I have been thinking for a year now. And finally, it's happening. And just because of this lockdown, you know, I said, this is the good time to be creating content, as you mentioned. And I'm uh, making use of this time to do something productive. So I want to know how Deepak Kanak Raju became Digital Deepak. What's the story?
1: So I graduated in 2008 and... uh, I had a placement offer from an IT company as an infrastructure engineer. So this was a little bit weird because I'm a civil engineer. I did not get a job in civil engineering. I got a job in IT. And this is what happens, you know, pretty much to all the engineering graduates in India. They get a job in IT. And uh, once uh, that happened, 2008 it was. uh, I got the placement offer in 2007. But they called me only in 2009 because 2008 was a recession time. And uh, because of the recession, people did not uh, honor their uh, offer letters. So this was plenty of time. And uh, I was basically looking at, hey, how do I make money online? That's where it all started. So I was thinking uh, maybe I can start a blog and put AdSense quotes. And I read about uh, Google AdSense on uh, Chip magazine, uh, which you buy for the free games and free trials that they give. So that's how it started. I set up a Blogspot blog. I put some content in it. I put some AdSense codes in it. And obviously, you are very naive and you think that you can just click your own ads. So I clicked my own ads, got my account banned, and uh, they ban your account <laughs> after you reach uh, $100, right? So I was thinking I would get that $100. It didn't happen. Uh, So that's how the entire journey started. And then I was like really motivated. I have to make something work. So I opened another AdSense account in my dad's name. And uh, I started this motorcycle blog called bikeadvice.in because I love motorcycles. I observed that there were not many motorcycle related stuff online. And uh, a lot of people were searching for it. I learned a little bit of the basics, WordPress, keyword research and things like that just by browsing online all free content. I joined a course that time uh, by a guy uh, called Yaros Tarek from Australia, and uh, he had one of his students run a really big company called Car Advice. So I created bikeadvice.in and that's how the entire journey started. So this went up to 2012 and uh, in 2012, I had an exit from the blog. I sold the blog for $25,000 because I couldn't really scale AdSense revenue. Uh, was, that and, uh, no, no, was, it was that bought by, by someone, someone in U.S.? No, no, it was bought by someone in US? Oh, wow. Uh, $25,000. Yeah, so he was also uh, doing a lot of uh, site flipping, buying sites and selling sites and things like that. And uh, because uh, he was also a writer on my site, I thought I will give it to him so that I can still monitor how the site is growing. The site is still alive. So this is how my blogging journey started. And at that time, I was not very comfortable Uh, putting my personal brand out there. Uh, I was mostly just writing articles about motorcycles, just putting it out there and uh, did not really care about building my personal brand. So uh, then uh, I got a job as a digital marketer. Uh, Once I went to Bangalore, I moved from Salem to Bangalore and I worked in a few companies as a digital marketing manager. And during that time I was like, let's start the blogging journey again. And the idea was that, you know, basically enhance my resume, put a blog, put a few articles and put it on my resume because I honestly didn't think that I could compete with the Neil Patels of the world who have so much traction Mm -hmm. when it comes to digital marketing topic. But again, I think uh, one of the most important things when it comes to, you know, uh, success in anything is to get that momentum going Uh, because a lot of people think that, To achieve something significant, uh, there is a lot of things need to be done over a period of a lot of years. Uh, But most of the time, it's just about getting started. And once you get started, you will see some results. And once you see some results that will motivate you to do more, because obviously the results are coming. So uh, I am like uh, very much against the whole concept of intellectualization, where uh, you feel like you need to prepare a lot before getting started with something. And you keep preparing, keep yeah. preparing, and you never get started, right? So yeah. I yeah. I always give this analogy. It's like uh, you know you wouldn't start your car and wait for all the signals mm-hmm. to turn green before you reach your destination. You are just going to get to yeah. the first junction. Uh, wait until the signal turns green. Then you get to the next junction. Maybe there is a road closure. You take left, but you are always heading towards your destination. So so start heading towards your destination, even if it means taking a small step and then slowly things will fall in place. So I think uh, that's where Digital Deepak started. And uh, I was on and off in a lot of different jobs. Uh, I could not stay stable in any job. And uh, I was in Practo, I was in InstaMojo, I was in Razorpay and I was in so many different companies. But uh, in no company, I completed one year apart from Razorpay. And uh, (laughs) it was like uh, six months, three months, four months. And somehow being a marketer myself, I've always been able to convince people to hire me, even though I had like a very bad history of not being stable in jobs. But um, Razorpay, I completed one year and uh, fortunately Razorpay is the only company whose uh, employee stock options are actually worth in the secondary market right now. So I still own some stocks mm-hmm. of Razorpay, I've my stocks. And um, during Razorpay, I wanted to launch uh, courses on my blog. My blog, DigitalDeepak.com, had 25,000 subscribers.
0: So you said DigitalDeepak.com, right? So when did you start this? 2012 after selling that blog?
1: So this was uh, 2013. DigitalDeepak was uh, started in 2013. I kept blogging. In fact, uh, I was consistent with the blogging because I have experienced that consistent uh, efforts are are always going to give some results. And uh, I was able to go ahead and... uh, You know, publish some two or three articles every month uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, So this kind of slowly grew the amount of subscribers I had in my blog. So by 2016, I had uh, 25,000 subscribers. I thought that, uh, you know, I should launch a course. And I always knew that uh, launching a course is very important. And uh, that's one of the best ways to go ahead and start your own business. Because what other product will you be able to create? I was always thinking that, Hey, I need to launch a course. I need to launch a course, but, uh, you know, you know how life gets in the way and you keep postponing things and you never get around to it. Uh, so one fine Sunday I was like, uh, let's just announce the outline of the course and let's take pre-orders. And once I <laughs> sell something, then I'm forced to sit and create the course. So, so I just, wow. uh, so I had a Facebook group at that time. The Facebook group is still live. So right now that Facebook group is called learn digital marketing. So at that time, the group had like 2000 members and I ran a poll on the group and I asked people, uh, what is it that you want to learn? And most of the people said that they want to learn Google Ads because at that time, and even now, to some extent, the Google Ads certification is something that digital marketers want to have. So for the Google Ads certification, um, people wanted to learn Google Ads. So I created an outline for the Google Ads course, you know, how to do keyword research how to uh, write ads, how to run campaigns, what are the different types of campaigns. So I just made an outline. I made a blog post and I just wrote a few lines on uh, what each lesson would cover. And I said that, uh, hey, this uh, course is going to be one triple nine when it is launching. But now you can pre-order it for uh, just 50%, uh, which is triple nine. And I launched it to the entire email list. I just sent an email with an outline. And my expectation was that I should be able to make at least 50 sales and bring in 50,000 in revenue. And if I don't even Uh make 50 sales, if I end up making something like 20 sales or 25 sales, then it's not worth it sitting and creating the course. So the idea was that I will just refund everyone until the project is canceled. I sent out an email. Initially, it was like, okay, some 10 sales came in. But once I said that, okay, today is the last day to pre-order, that's when the scarcity kicks in. And a lot of people end up mm. uh, ordering it, so uh, I ended up making two fifty sales. So uh, that was like two point five wow. lakhs in twenty sixteen. And I was also in a job; I wow. was making good salary. So I launched the course. So wait, really
0: I'm sure, like uh, even in your job, I am assuming that you were not making two point five lakhs at your job at that point. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm was, sure you were making good. A right, bit
1: more than one lakh per month. That's it. So you
0: were making one lakh per month. And how did that feel to have 2.5 lakhs in a bank account without creating anything and just sending it an email? Because (laughs) I can relate to that. I'll share my part of story in a while. But I want to hear how did that feel to have like 2.5 lakhs where here you are, you know, going to work and working for 30 days for 10 hours, 12 hours sometimes and then like making one lakh. And here you are just by sending an email you don't have product, you don't have anything and you have 2.5 lakh on your bank account.
1: <laughs> so, uh, see, it's always a progressive uh, thing. I know uh, this feeling never stops and you get addicted to that feeling because <laughs> you are imagining something and then it becomes a part of your reality and that becomes the mm-hmm. foundation to create more realities. Uh, mm-hmm. February I, I did a webinar and uh, in that webinar i had uh, 10000 plus registrations for that webinar and i had 2400 people live and i sold wow. the product for 15000 rupees and i made mm-hmm. 1 crore 5 lakhs in a single webinar <laughs> so that was Ooh-hoo. a milestone wow and uh, oh. i think the next milestone would be can i make a million dollars in a single webinar so mm. uh, this wow. this is a progressive feeling and you know it never ends you always try to Uh, reach for more and uh, it's a pretty euphoric feeling that uh, once you have done it (laughs) um, and then and then once you have done it it's very easy to repeat it uh, over and over again
0: yeah so I'd like to stop you there for a moment and uh, just from what you have shared uh, you know the entire thing that you have shared about I have picked two very very important things Mm. so first one is launching the product before you even create anything, right? And that's one of the craziest thing to do, but you know that works really well. So that's how I was able to create my own coaching program as well. So this is the story, even though people listen to this podcast a lot, they haven't heard this part of story. So what I have done was, I was working at job and then I wanted to do something. I wanted to get out of my job. I had no idea what I want to do uh, or how do I make money outside of my job? and One Sunday, I was called to office and then to work on Sunday. And then I came back home. I remember I was very, very frustrated that evening saying that, you know what, I don't even have this Sunday with me in my life. What is this life that I'm living? And out of frustration, I have drafted a WhatsApp message. You did that to your mailing list. I have drafted a WhatsApp message saying, hey guys, I'm creating this six weeks podcast coaching program and I have no idea what I'm going to teach in those six Weeks. I have no freaking idea what is that course going to be all about. I just drafted a message saying, this is going to be a six weeks program. If you guys are interested, I'll just take 10 people, 5,000 rupees each, which is almost uh, now less than $100, $90 almost, $90, 5,000 rupees each. If you guys are interested, you know, send me the message. And I floated it on every single WhatsApp group that I was part of. Mm. and then the next thing that happens is within 24 hours i have 50000 rupees on my bank account almost 900 dollars on my bank account and that was way more than what i was earning at my job and yeah. i'm like wow now that you know you have money in bank and then you know i went about creating the program and as i'm speaking to this uh, to you right now deepak i have done the exact thing uh, you know 2 days back which is I'm launching my new course and there are already 30 people who have signed up for my upcoming course, which I have not created anything. (laughs) Yeah, and I think there's there's this, you know, great message to people out there who are sitting on a knowledge, who are sitting with something that they know that they can share with the world. If you can really create something and package together, there are people out there who need that knowledge and information that you have, right? Because there are people who want that information. And to add to that, what you have just said about the perfection, right? You said, like, everybody is looking for perfection to get the perfect. Like, I also told, hey, you know what? It's just been six months since I have been podcasting. I don't know a lot about podcasts. And I'll ask you uh, the same question in a moment. But I feel that, you know what? I don't know a lot about podcasting. I need to learn a lot before I can teach anything. And then what I realized is, you know what? I need not be the expert. Uh, I mean, I need not be like a pro-label expert to start teaching people. Like even if I know APPLE, Apple, there are people who don't know A, B, C, D, E. Then you start teaching them A, B, C, D, E because you already know Apple, Ball, Cat, right? So then your students are A, B, C because you are exported, you know, telling them A, B, C and you already know Apple, Ball, Cat and whatever, right? So I think what's your... And and so that's when the... And even I'm learning today, right? And even you are learning digital marketing. Like I'm, I'm sure... You feel that you are not perfect when it comes to digital marketing because we all are learning, we all are evolving, right? So, how does one get out of that thing of I would create the perfect course, I would create the perfect product, very perfect when you had 2.5 lakhs on your bank account?
1: So, this is uh, something that I have thought about a lot, and um, you know, one of the analogies that I give is that uh, let's say you want to become super fit, and let's say you want to. You know, uh, lean down a little bit, start building muscles. See, I don't need advice from Arnold Schwarzenegger for that, right? I don't need you know the most fit guy in the world to get advice from an inspiration from. In fact, uh, I would not be able to connect with him because uh, if I am at stage one, he is at stage 10. I would rather get inspiration uh, from someone who is stage two, uh, who has started on his fitness regime and has... Uh, become a little bit better in the past six months. You know, some of my friends have been uh, regularly going to the gym, change their diet, and it has been just six months to one year. And I have been asking them, hey, hey, tell me uh, where do I start? Uh, what do I do? Should I start with cardio? Should I start with weight training? What are the supplements should I take? And they gave me some advice and I started following it, and I have been on a fitness regimen for the past three to six months. And I just need to you know get inspiration and guidance from someone who is one step ahead of me. So that way, as you uh, rightly said, uh, I am not probably 9 out of 10 when it comes to digital marketing skills. I am probably right now like 6 out of 10. When I got started, I was probably like 3 out of 10. But I was able to guide someone who was 1 out of 10 to get to 2 out of 10. And hmm. uh, one of the craziest parts about uh, you know teaching people is that you learn something better when you teach people. And uh, when you are learning something better... Uh, and uh, teaching people, you kind of, you know, get to the next stage. So what I discovered was that as I started teaching digital marketing, it forced me to learn new things. Because as I sat and created the Google Ads course for the first time, I went and did a lot of research. I started learning new things. And in that process, I discovered some things. So that took me from 3 out of 10 to 4 out of 10, got people from 1 out of 10 to 2 out of 10. And eventually, you know, as I teach, I will also grow. And as you keep teaching, because it forces you to you know, put the concepts in your mind, which are usually fuzzy and all around the place, into a structured manner. Because if you don't put it in a structured manner, you cannot pass it on to other people. So putting it in a structured manner kind of becomes like a foundation on top of which you can build another layer of understanding and knowledge. So that's how I look at it. If you look at, let's say you are trying to, uh, if you have a, like a set of blocks and you are trying to build like a tower, uh, then you need like a solid foundation to build that tower, right? Like I'm a civil engineer myself, so I can relate to it. Without the foundation, you cannot build the building. And uh, teaching someone kind of gets your foundation very good. Uh, and uh, you know uh, what it happens is that you go from knowledge to understanding. So knowledge uh, is basically you collect data and information, you assimilate it on some level, it becomes knowledge. Uh, once you do it, it becomes a little bit of validated learning and the knowledge becomes a little bit more concrete uh, but once you teach uh, that knowledge and in the process of teaching the knowledge becomes understanding and once knowledge becomes understanding you don't need memory power to remember it it just becomes understanding it's your, it's your new way of thinking uh, it's just like learning to uh, you know uh, learning to ride a uh, bike or uh, learning to ride a bicycle right uh, once you learn how to ride a bicycle so when you are learning it's like it's all about techniques say hey, do this do that uh, you know, don't break too hard, you know, have the handlebar in a certain way or, you know, whatever it is. But once you have learned it and once you started doing it, uh, it becomes understanding. So you have to go from knowledge to understanding and your understanding becomes the foundation to build one more layer of knowledge on top of it. So for me, whatever expertise I have built in digital marketing has been primarily through teaching and that's what I ask people to do also. So if I am like right now 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10, i I'm if I'm taking people from Four out of ten to five out of ten. Somebody who is four out of ten. Hey, why don't you go and get people who are, you know, two out of ten to three out of ten? So it's like a pyramid where you kind of, you know, upskill other people, and you know that's how you can revolutionize uh, the concept of education itself.
0: Beautiful. I think that's uh, beautifully summarized. Uh, you know, just adding the layer of uh, understanding and adding, and then building knowledge and helping other people who are a uh, step, you know, lower than you. And this is something that uh, I have also realized a lot, and I have thought about a lot as well. And this is something that I'm thinking at this in these days, particularly that hey, um, there needs to be you know more depth. And I have been talking about this on one of the episodes earlier as well. You know, there needs to be more depth, and that quest to get better, and that quest to learn, that quest to uh, you know have more depth of information is never gonna end, but That should not stop you from creating based on what you know today. Because you will always find something to learn. You will always find some new skill to acquire. You will always find, you know, new nook and corner to explore. And then, you know, you see, oh my God, there is a whole new world to explore. But, you know, what you already have explored, there are so many people out there who haven't seen inch of it. So you just can show it and you just can tell them, hey, you know what, this is what I have discovered and you might love this. And then just show it to other people who are out there and then teach what you already know. But, you know, you have taught a lot of people and trained a lot of people through your online courses, through coaching and stuff. And uh, for me, like perfection is one of the biggest reason why people don't take action or why they don't even begin on this journey of, I mean, whether that's creating online course, or whether that's uh, you know creating some business or put some something out there or put their art out or put their music out or put their first YouTube video out or put their blog out or put their podcast out, right? For you know what are let's say some of the top three, four, five uh, you know reasons that you have seen that you know that really uh, stops people from going out and you know starting getting started on this journey and. Uh, how they can get over those, uh, you know, challenges uh, or roadblocks?
1: Uh, that's a good question and something that I have pondered myself to come this far. And uh, I had a lot of challenges in overcoming that uh, sense of perfection for myself. And uh, what I have discovered is that, uh, you know, we tell a lot of stories to ourselves. And uh, sometimes these stories are not rational at all, but we rationalize them and we put a lot of effort in rationalizing them. Uh, like, for example, let's say I'm in a job and uh, I want to go out and uh, become an entrepreneur. So one of the stories that I have always told is that, uh, you know, it is not possible to uh, become an entrepreneur unless I put my full time into it. And uh, that prevented me working something on the side while I was in a job for a very long time. And this went on for years before uh, 2016. I put myself in a situation where I was forced to do it because I did a pre-launch of a course and then there was no reason uh, not to do it, right? So we always are uncomfortable with change. And uh, to change from one place to another, like let's say being in a job to becoming an entrepreneur or you're planning to create content or planning to write a book, start a podcast, create a course or whatever it might be the perfection is usually just a reason to not do it and uh, say that, you know, I will do it only when it is 100% perfect. So for me, uh, it's less about the techniques and what you do. And it's more about, you know, uh, actually doing something. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the goals that I have in my own, uh, you know, teaching programs and everything is to get people to take action, not just learn things from me, because I always say that, I'm in the transformation business, not in the information business. Unless you can transform people, then what's the point? They're not transforming, they're not getting results and you have not done your job. Like for example, you have your podcast course. So initially you might get started with just giving information about what mic to use, how do you invite people to get on a podcast, where do you publish it and all those technicalities. But those technicalities can be improved over time. You know, people don't need a perfect mic. They can just use their phone. People wanted to uh, start uh, YouTubing. They can just use their phone video. It's more about the content and less about the techniques of it, right? So I think uh, the biggest challenge of education is how do you get people to take action? And how do you get people to transform? So, And I feel that, uh, you know, let's say there is a Swiggy or Zometo guy uh, trying to find his uh, way to my home. Uh, and let's say he has no clue and he has no GPS and I just have to guide him on the phone to get to my house. Uh, if I tell him the entire information in one shot, you know, uh, come to the signal, take left, you will find a shop, take right there, then take left, then you will find a tall building with black gate In that come to the second floor, he would get confused. He would probably say that. Uh, sir, I'm in this signal, which is the next checkpoint that I have to like, next milestone I have to go. And uh, he would ideally say that, sir, first I will come to uh, the nearest junction, which is near your home, and then I will call you again. And then he will call me again. Then I would guide him again. Then he will probably uh, come to the location and then he would get the details of the building. So uh, I feel that uh, people need to just uh, look at the next checkpoint that they need to reach. And uh, on some level, uh, it, there will be a sense of discomfort to do it because even if it is a positive thing you know uh, there is there is this natural resistance to get to a stage where you have not been before and gaining that momentum uh, is more important and that momentum comes through practice and uh, you know you you build those muscles over time. Uh, You you can't like, you know, get it overnight. Like for example, uh, someone who has not been into fitness at all, I cannot ask him to go and run a marathon. It is going to be, uh, you know, putting him on an extreme. And when you put people on an extreme, and that is what a lot of workshops do, they try to put people on an extreme. And after the three-day workshop, things get back to normal. I know people get intimidated by it. So uh, I would rather have an incremental pressure and uh, get good at uh, you know certain things. and I think the biggest skill uh, is getting started, you know uh, without having the fear of uh, being proven wrong, that you are doing something. And, and it's okay to be proven wrong. And one of the biggest things here with any action that leads to any entrepreneurship venture or a career change or any new creative thing, it's always about are you ready to put yourself in a vulnerable situation? because it's always about vulnerability. Uh, If you are not ready to put yourself vulnerable, let's say the first time you are speaking on stage, it might fail. Uh, The first time you are putting uh, yourself out there, starting a product or a service and putting yourself out there, it might fail. And uh, when people are afraid of that failure, they are basically lacking vulnerability. And I feel that uh, putting yourself vulnerable is the number one thing and obviously there are techniques to uh you know uh, push yourself you know uh, we need either push or pull and sometimes inspiration pulls us, and sometimes pain pushes us so it has to be a mix of both you know you can either realize that pain of being in a job wanting to start an entrepreneurship and that can be a push and being uh, as an entrepreneur and looking at all the rewards that comes from entrepreneurship can be a pull And you need to kind of intelligently use both and you need to find your weaknesses. Like for me, obviously, perfection was a weakness. But when you do a pre-launch of something, even if it is not perfect, it is time-bound, you have to release it out there. And recently for me, when it comes to content creation, webinars have been working great for me instead of sitting and creating courses. Because no matter whether my slide deck and whether the information I have in my mind is perfect or not, uh, when it comes to the webinar, people are going to tune in live. They want to hear from me. So somehow, in the last three hours, I get my slide text done, uh, put it out there, <laughs> and and after the <laughs> webinar is done, it's great content. Like you know, I, I never expected it to be that great, but people appreciate it. So so you hmm. can put yourself in a situation where failure is not an option. Uh, put yourself accountable to certain things, and I think that would be the best way to uh, break that uh, you know feeling of inertia or resistance and uh, keep moving
0: forward yeah i think the thing about uh you know uh, just putting yourself out there and uh the example of the webinar that you gave doing the webinar and then you know you yourself might not know it I, i'm not sure how did it went was it really as good as i wanted it to be or and then you hear a lot of people saying hey you know what you know it was really great and that happens to me a lot of time like you know it's it's a it's a Uh, Is somebody, you know, who speaks and who teaches people and train people, you know, you know, your label, right? You know, like, this is like the best thing that I have done. And you know that you are not at your best uh, at some time or you are not very confident about what you are teaching. And, but still people appreciate that, which means we tend to become, you know, self-critic too much, uh, you know, sometimes, which is absolutely not necessary to be that self-critic because there are people out there, who are going to appreciate the knowledge that you are putting out there and sharing, because it might be the first time that they are hearing and getting that piece of information. And you never know just because you said something at some point that can transform their life, right? You never know which one story of yours is going to uh, change the life of people. So share out the stories that you have, be vulnerable that, you know, and then and, and put out the stories where you have been and in, you know, how you are coming out of those, uh, you know, the, the, uh, let's say, challenges that you have faced in your life. So tell me more about uh, you know what the last I kind of stopped you on your journey a moment back, I'm conscious about that, aware of that. So maybe why don't you continue, you know uh, to share on the journey of yours that you were talking about, and uh, you know we'll take f- move forward from there.
1: Yeah. so uh, see for me, uh, I think uh, after uh, launching that uh, Google ads course uh, which made two point five lakh in revenue, I was like, uh, I was ready to lose that 2.5 lakh and it takes a lot of balls to do that. And oh, yeah. recently I have been uh, listening to Naval's podcast, Naval Ravikant. And he always uh-huh. talks about, uh, you know, uh, seek wealth, not status. So, uh, most of the people for them, the purpose of wealth is that, uh, you know, they can buy stuff, you know, uh, maybe these stuff are status signals, it could be uh, clothing, apparel, car, uh, house. And, uh, most of us are naturally inclined to try to rise up in our lives, uh, try to have more comfort, more freedom. But uh, many times we end up uh, getting yielded to the social pressure, especially uh, when we are married, when we have a family. You know, their expectation is that okay, uh, our relatives all have certain cars, and we have a small car. We also have to buy a certain car. And uh, in most of such cases, uh, there is a natural tendency which I am also constantly fighting. Like you know to kind of uh, trade the money that you have to try to seek status by buying stuff which will signal status, right? So uh, that is something a lot of people end up doing and uh, I also uh, ended up doing at a certain stage in my life. Uh, But for me, uh, you know, after listening to Naval's uh, podcast again and again, uh, it, it has become very clear that the purpose of wealth is to buy you freedom. Uh, the purpose of wealth, number one, is that you know you don't need to be a slave to someone else. You don't need to get up early in the morning, catch the bus, or you know drive in the traffic, get to office. Uh, if you don't like your boss, you still have to uh, put up with it. If you don't like a client, you still have to put up with it. So all those things are uh, you know major things for people, and uh, they end up trading a lot of their freedom uh, to have a stable source of income so that they can pay EMIs for their cars and their houses. And that kind of entraps them. So, uh, and again, if you are trying to seek status, it's a never-ending game. You know, uh, you know, you are not going to become the king of the earth any anytime soon, uh, no matter how much you try. And, and nobody can do that also, right? And it's a zero-sum game because, uh, okay, if you are the guy who has the coolest car in the office... And there uh, is
0: no end to this.
1: There is no end to this. It, it's 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 a continuous vortex and there is always someone else who is going to have you know, one step ahead of you and, uh, it's always going to kind of, you know, uh, make you a little bit always on the run and things like that. So for me, uh, you know, uh, now that I have, uh, one lakh per month around uh, coming from my job salary, what can I convert this 2.5 lakhs into? And at that time I had not watched Tony Robbins videos and stuff like that, but recently I watched a Tony Robbins video where he talks about irrational risk reward. Uh, so irrational or, or disproportionate risk reward ratio. Uh, so you don't invest money so that you can get like a 20% return per year or 30% return per year, which is even uh, very good. But but even that takes like a long time to build wealth. So instead, uh, you put your money on things uh, which have a very high disproportionate reward. And uh, let's say you have 5 lakhs. So I put 1 lakh in something, but I'm expecting 10 lakhs. It doesn't happen. Then again, I, I put the second lakh that I have in something. I expect 10 lakhs in return. It doesn't happen. But maybe the third or the fourth time or worst, fifth time, you put that one lakh and it suddenly brings 10 lakhs. And and from there, you can multiply the money and uh, the best place to invest. So people keep asking, hey, if I have some money, which is the best place to invest? Should I invest it in uh, gold? Should I invest it in real estate? Should I invest it in the stock market? You know, my thing is that you invest it in yourself and, and in your own business, you know, uh, because... If the stock market goes down, you can blame the stock market. If the real estate goes down, you can blame the circumstances. But you are, if you're investing it in yourself and in, in your own business, uh, you are the one to blame, right? So uh, that way, you are going to uh, put yourself under a pressurized
0: situation where you are. Yeah, and also to, you are responsible for your life. Yes.
1: So I was like, uh, okay, uh, this whole course launch thing is working. And, uh, next I was planning to launch a Facebook ads course, but instead of launching the Facebook ads course, uh, directly, uh, into, uh, the same list, I was like, let's build the email list. And I had a free lead magnet at that time. It was a free digital marketing course with 25 videos. So I invested all the money back into Facebook ads. I invested 2.5 lakhs back into Facebook ads. And there is a very good chance wow. that I would, I have never seen the 2.5 lakhs back, but again, that is the risk that you take, <laughs> Right. So, yeah. uh, so then I launched the Facebook ads course. I made four lakh in revenue. Again, reinvested mm-hmm. everything back, uh, launched uh SEO course, which made eight lakh in revenue. Uh, I was still in the job. Uh, I put all the eight lakhs back into so, list building. And, uh-huh. and then I launched a blogging course, which made 20 lakh in revenue. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's how the entire thing progressed. And One critical point in taking my business uh, from a few lakhs a month to 10 plus lakhs a month uh, was hiring a copywriter. And the copywriter Mm -hmm. uh, charged me uh, around 40 to 50,000 rupees to write a sales page copy and an email copy. And that was again a risk, you know, uh, I did not know what would be the ROI by investing in a copywriter, but uh, I took that risk. He was continuously following up with me and he was telling that, you know, you need a good sales page and a good email sequence to make more out of your course. And uh, I had this blogging course which had made around uh, 4 lakh in revenue with the same email list. And uh, my copywriter came in, he wrote the sales page, he wrote the email sequence and then uh, with the same email list i made 22 lakh in revenue with that blogging course so that was again wow yeah drastic change in how i approach the business and i'm like pay your professionals well there will always be an roi mm. so until now it has always been reinvest everything worst case you will learn something and uh, don't be afraid to go to the rock bottom again because you will have the confidence you know you can always uh, you know come back from there and and try new things. So so I value experiences a lot and uh, one of the biggest uh, mistakes that I did in my career was uh, whatever money I made with the blogging posts and everything, I should have invested all of that money back into the same thing and continuously grown the business from there. Uh, But Mm. I was like now let's start a digital marketing agency. So uh, you know many times a lot of people succeed because they end up getting lucky. And uh, they try different things and one thing works. And, and, and to be honest, uh, a lot of luck uh, definitely plays, right? So I started this motorcycle blog, didn't work. This whole courses thing was working. So, um, you know, I used to learn a lot from this person called Eben Pagan. And I still uh, learn from a lot of his videos. And Eben Pagan always says that you need to be smart enough to know when you are getting lucky. Right? You know, that's when uh, you know that something works and you double down on it and then you go crazy with it. Uh, so uh, sometimes what happens is that you have some small amount of success and then you kind of mistakenly believe that you have the Midas touch and whatever you touch will turn into gold. And that's when a lot of <laughs> business people have a little bit of success in some area. And then uh, instead of doubling down on the same thing, they try to go and invest in other businesses and they fail. So I was like, uh, hey, let's start a digital marketing agency. And I started an agency. I had a co-founder. We hired a few people. Uh, Three months, burnt out all the savings I had uh, in salaries and trying to get clients and the salary for the salesperson. And then I had to fire the co-founder, let everyone go back home. And it burnt off my savings. And uh, since then, uh, again, it took a lot of time to uh, come back uh, to where I am today. So uh, I think, uh, but, but at the same time, uh, whatever I learned in the experience of starting a digital marketing agency and hiring people was priceless. And I learned how to hire people. Now I have a great team. We are a, we are a team of 10 people right now. And I feel that if I had not made those mistakes at that time, then I wouldn't be able to hire this well. Like right now I'm hiring people for my courses, business and everything. And I would have made the mistakes here. And I might have had to pay a bigger price making a mistake here. So uh, never be afraid to actually go through uh, tough experiences and take some risk. What is the worst that could happen? End of the day, you are going to learn something. So, so that's how the journey has turned out. And right now, things are looking pretty good. Obviously, we are looking at a possible global recession, but uh, education business will survive. Uh, it might even thrive in such situations. So, so yeah, yeah that's that's how it it all turned out.
0: That's uh, uh, such an amazing journey, and uh, the whole uh, you know uh, story about taking money and in reinvesting back in the business and scaling it, I think, is uh, quite a lesson for a lot of people listening to this podcast as well. Because especially when, let's say, you are making one lakh rupees a salary in your job, and when you have twenty lakh, then you would think that this is like two years of salary. Then I'm done, you know. And then you know, it's it's very easy not to get on the mindset of reinvesting and then, you know, putting all the money back into the game, uh, right? So where does this mindset come from? How do you build that mindset of, uh, you know, taking that bigger risk of putting everything that you have earned back into the business with the hope? Because at this point, (laughs) you were just hoping, right? Right. Hope that it might work. It has worked from 1 lakh to 20 lakh, maybe 20 lakh to 1 crore might work as well. So how do you develop that kind of, uh, you know, mindset? and uh, the risk-taking ability?
1: I think it all comes down to having really big goals and dreams. Uh, like for me, for a long time, uh, taking my business to 1 plus crore per month was always a goal. And I have reached that goal in February. So our February revenue was around 1.31 crores. Now the goal is to... So
0: how long, before you said, I would like to hear that goal as well, but how long did it take for you to reach to 1 crore per month of revenue?
1: it took 3 years since i started the business but uh, again mm-hmm. if you look at the entire journey uh, the whole yeah. idea of putting myself out there and being a, a person that makes money through a business activity started in 2006 so it's almost 14 years of you know trying mm. to do stuff trying to make money trying to scale businesses yeah. and uh, you know some things just take time you know like warren Buffet says you cannot make a baby in one month by making nine women pregnant you know some things just take time yeah. <laughs>
0: and yeah uh, and the reason i, I asked that question but uh, you know the reason i asked that question is to not misguide the people and you know not give them false hope and dream that it is possible if you start today tomorrow morning you know you are gonna have this like i wanted to uh you know see them the picture from 2006 till 2019 2020 like you know and the uh, desperation to just do something, you know, the hard work, the frustration of not, things not working and, and all the struggle and all the challenges and all the, you know, burning fingers, making mistakes and all of that is there, you know, before you hit that you know number and reach there. So that definitely should not be overlooked, uh, you know, the entire uh, journey because now people might say, wow, there is this guy in Bangalore who makes, you know, one crore per month by creating courses. I'm going to make the course as well and tomorrow morning I'm going to that's not going to work because consistency is something that you've got to be. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be keep pushing and keep trying and, you know, never give up.
1: So obviously, yeah. Uh, so mindset and then I want to talk about consistency as well. Uh, you know, there is a, a saying in Tamil uh, where I come from is that, uh, you know, you see ants uh, that constantly go in a path. And if these ants go in, uh, go over a stone for a long enough time, Uh, even the stone will get carved out by the ants, right? Now, ants are so light, but over time you see that the ant has like, you know, created a path uh, on the stone itself. So uh, it's called Erumbura Kallum Tey. Erumb means ants. uh, So uh, ants are like crawling over the stone. So even even that gets uh, carved out. So uh, for me, uh, it's very difficult for people to see the long-term positive effects of certain good habits and uh, very difficult for people to see the long-term negative effects of uh, certain bad habits as well because uh, everything works on a compounded effect. And I think uh, with the way the situation is happening right now, I think people will get a sense of what compounding means that you know, if something is growing, let's say, uh, 5% every day for a while, it does not look like anything and then it suddenly shoots up, right? So I have always had this, uh, you know, compounding thing in my mind. Uh, So for me, uh, first of all, uh, I will first talk about uh, having the mindset and then I will talk about uh, the consistency and the compounding effect. So uh, in terms of mindset, I think uh, everything started when I started reading a few motivational books long back when uh, I was in college and things like that. There is nothing wrong in really thinking big. And if what you are thinking is not intimidating you, then you are not thinking big enough. If you are able to perceive it, ah, okay, uh, I can buy a flat, I can buy a car, I can I can settle for this life. uh, It it is not intimidating. Uh, You know, uh, the way you have to dream is that on some level, uh, it has to be intimidating on some level, you know, so I was always very ballsy in my dreams. And like, even for casually, I would keep saying that, you know, in the future, I would buy a private jet and I will only travel private. I will buy my own private island and, and things like that. And uh, somehow, you know, constantly saying that recently I had an opportunity to go in a private jet, which was courtesy of my friend. Obviously not my private jet. It was a ride that I got in a private jet. But somehow it manifests because you keep thinking about it. And then eventually you kind of uh, mold your reality into your imagination, right? So, uh, on some level, it definitely works. I am still, you know, not someone who says that, you know, uh, you put your thoughts out into the universe and the universe will conspire you to conspire to bring that reality. Uh, I am not that mumbo chumbo yet. Maybe I will become that. Uh-huh. But uh, I definitely <laughs> believe in the power of the subconscious mind and it's just pattern matching, right? Like, for example, if you are going in a flight and if you are looking down at the parking lot and if you see like a you know, 100 to cars in the parking lot, if you just want to see red cars, only the red cars will stand out, everything else will fade out. If you just want to see the blue cars, the blue cars will stand out, everything else will fade out. So uh, once you have dreamt about certain outcomes and what you want certain outcomes, uh, through your life journey, you are just going to match those patterns. And uh, then you are going to have that intuition. Okay, uh, let me make friendship with this guy. This might lead eventually to my goal. Uh, let me do this. You know, This might take one step forward to uh, you know reach my goal. And eventually, you will reach your goal. But at the same time, you also have to be a little bit open and trust the process and uh, be okay with emergent opportunities. You should not always be sticking to, uh, no, this is not what I imagine, this is coming to me. You have to be open to it as well and eventually you know you might end up where you wanted to be it's a continuous process of discovery and i feel it is also you know this whole process of unfolding you know which is the most exciting thing like right now i don't know whether you know i would end up owning a private jet uh, i know i want my own corporate headquarters and, and a lot of dreams are there and uh, being audacious and ballsy with that dreams if not for anything is just fun to dream itself and i used to see a therapist and uh, She actually demotivated me from daydreaming and I actually looked it up. It's called Maladaptive. Why
0: did you went to the therapist?
1: You know, I had my own issues with uh, relationships and and things like that. So uh, I I felt that it's kind of okay to see a therapist, you know, have a non-judgmental opinion on everything that's going on in my life. Because most of the times you talk to friends and family members. They are going to tell you what you want to hear. They are not going to tell you the reality. But you pay someone who is a professional for that and they are kind of going to, you know, remove the cognitive dissonance that you have. Uh, because a part of your mind is thinking of something, a part, another part of your mind is thinking of something else. And there is a conflict with both these thought patterns. And that's where, you know, uh, most people get stalled, right? So that's called cognitive dissonance. And it's like trying to accelerate a car while trying to braking it. And you are not really aligned. Or you can imagine car the wheels of a car not being aligned in the same direction. Even if it is like one degree misaligned, then you are going to burn too much energy uh, trying to move forward, right? So there are certain things which you need to like really, you know, all the unresolved issues that you have. It could be a lot of people have childhood issues. You know, in fact, when I started seeing a therapist... Uh, I was just expecting to talk about the present moment and then together we, uh, so I was actually in the therapy for six months. I used to see her uh, once in every week and that was like a one hour session and uh, I discovered that a lot of mindsets are actually stemming from our childhood and it's true for a lot of people, right? Uh, There is a huge stigma uh, around, uh, you know, seeing therapists that, uh, you know, if you are seeing a therapist, you are like mentally ill or something, but. I think slowly that stigma is going away. On some level, you know, uh, every human is mentally ill, except the animals. I think every human is screwed up Mm. on some level. So I was seeing the therapist and uh, uh, I discovered all the cognitive uh, dissonance that I have.
0: Mm, Yeah. So I think just visualization and, uh, you know, just living with that feeling is something um, that a lot of people, you know, uh, have talked about. And there are a lot of books about the power of subconscious mind. But also, uh, there are, uh, you know, a lo- lot of people are also, you know, talking a few things about over manifestation. If we, you know, do that over, then also that kind of backfires us. So maybe just, uh, you know, just that, you know, living with that feeling. But if you are too much into, you know, uh, too much worried about, you know, what might gonna happen in future or whether you will be able to make it or not, then you are actually not working on the things that you should be working to turn that dream into the reality, to turn that the the vision that you have into reality in life as well, right?
1: Uh, That's also true. I have thought about that as well. You know, sometimes wishful thinking can actually turn negative where you are constantly wishing for something, it doesn't happen, and then you become a little bit depressed about it. Uh, But at the same time, you have to realize that uh, you have to work for it. And that's where we will uh, get into the concept of consistency. Uh, but if you have dreamt it enough and if you have wanted that feeling enough uh, then it is going to push you to take the major decisions in your life uh, which is going to eventually uh, get you there right uh, so major decisions uh, could be you know moving into a new city uh, which i did from moving from salem to bangalore because i knew that i cannot build like a very big company and i cannot get the talent and the kind of network that i have in bangalore in salem so Moving to Bangalore was like really difficult because I got pretty comfortable uh, in the city where I am, uh, very comfortable life, parents, good food and everything. But then you pay the price to move to that city because you wanted so much, you are ready to pay that price. Uh, quitting a job, changing jobs, uh, taking major decisions uh, about your relationships, everything is uh, very, very difficult. And uh, most of the people do not think about the long term cost of what you are doing. And, uh, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss talks about instead of goal setting, can you do fear setting and uh, can you face your fears, right? So uh, yeah. so for me, uh, you know, it has always been, so Tim Ferriss very beautifully puts it like, uh, you know, uh, if you want to do a major uh, life changing decision about, uh, you know, changing your co-founder or firing your co-founder or quitting a job or starting a new business or something like that uh, you know there is a lot of noise in our head which will try to keep at uh, keep us at the same position that we are in and uh, you know it kind of helps to objectify the fears that we have uh, we can list down what is the worst thing that could happen if i do this okay i have like 5 lakhs in savings what is the worst thing that could happen if i actually quit my job i might burn through my savings get back to zero and mm-hmm. then you can actually chart out what is the possible thing that you can do to avoid that uh, from happening. And mm. if at all it happens, uh, what is the thing that you can do to manage that situation? So for me, yeah. let's say quitting a job and having lakhs in savings and burning through that savings, what is the worst thing that could happen? My business might fail. And if my business... Fails, what is the worst thing that could happen? I might have to move back to Salem and live with my parents' house and ask my dad to provide food and roof over my head. And, and that is the worst thing that could happen. So you actually write it out. So usually, when we fear something, uh, we don't actually think through it. And if you think through what is the worst case scenario and things like that, you know, the amount of ability that you have to take those major life changing decisions will become easier and easier. So um, that way, it is definitely going to help and uh, it's okay to dream big. And again, dreaming big itself is putting yourself in a vulnerable position. Uh, it's like uh, going and asking someone for something like, you know, you are, let's say, you know, you are at a conference and uh, you absolutely love the speaker's presentation and the speaker is asking, hey, do you have any questions? And you have a question, but but you hesitate to put up your hand. And, and then you wait for someone else to do it. And then and then you keep waiting, keep waiting. And by, by five minutes, you are like decided not to ask that question or interact with the speaker. Or it mm. could be something like uh, trying to approach a girl and asking her out. And you are not mm-hmm. doing it because what if she says no? You are not able to uh, take that rejection, right? And uh, you are putting yourself in a vulnerable position because there is a chance you might not get it. And I feel that most of the people feel difficulty dreaming big because you are putting yourself in a vulnerable position, right? Like, for example, right now I'm sitting here and saying, Hey, I'm going to probably want a private jet in my life. I, I probably want like a concrete headquarters. I, I probably want to have like hundred employees and thousand crores in revenue, but there's a very good chance and a very high chance that I might not achieve it. And I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position where I might be disappointed not achieving it, But but it's okay you know, what if I don't achieve it, it's okay, right? So I think that vulnerability is very important for dreaming big. And most of the people settle for something less because they don't want to put themselves in a vulnerable position. And they want to, on some level, put it on a predictable position themselves, right? And at the same time, once you understand how you manifest your dreams and how you eventually get there, it always works on a compounded effect, right? So once you start doing something as a daily habit. And I read this book called Atomic Habits uh, last year. And one of the best books I have read in the entire year. And it very clearly uh, talks about how negative habits kind of go into a very negative compounded state. Like, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes, I have stopped smoking cigarettes completely. And uh, the long term effects of it is not immediately apparent. And, And that's what you know, makes people uh, stick to bad habits or not develop good habits. And uh, if you think enough about the future, I'm always thinking about how is the world going to be 2030? How is my life going to be in 2030? How is it going to be in 2040? How is it going to be in 2050? And I can really imagine what I can achieve in 2050 right now in 2020, because there's a very good chance that I would live up to 60 or 70 years. And uh, Mm -hmm. if there are some things that I can do for like 15 minutes every day, starting today, How is it going to impact uh, my life 30 years down the line? And sometimes when you think about the compounded effect of your daily actions, you will actually be able to have a little bit more capability in thinking big because you know how the compounded effect is going to give you results. It's always about the execution, right? So uh, again, like for example, uh, I know the benefits of meditation and for a long time I have been trying to pressurize myself and trying to discipline myself to do meditation every day. But I have never got around to it. And just like pre-launching a course, I found another hack to do uh, everyday meditation. And that is to announce that I'm doing a meditation class every day on a webinar, which is free. And I got some 200 people subscribed for it. And out of those 200 <laughs> people, some 30 to 40 people turn up every day. And it's and, and this has started like only the past three days. And the people have been loving it. So every morning, 8am, I'm having a webinar where we are doing a group meditation session. So people are logging wow. in at 8am and by 5am, I'm talking for like five minutes about benefits of meditation, keeping your mind calm, keeping your mind in the present moment, and then playing like a meditative music for like the 15 minutes. And then I'm talking for another five minutes and ending the session. And and for people also, it's a commitment. And it's, it's a very big mm. commitment for me because I said, hey, I will meditate every day, join and even like, you yeah. know, two days I've been doing it, today morning, I didn't feel like doing it, but I had to force myself to do it because yeah. people are logging into the webinar. They're expecting me to, you know, become Yeah, their And coach. I
0: think the whole thing about holding yourself accountable to other people, Yeah. Um. you know, in the earlier example of, uh, and you know, the very uh, powerful example from my own experience that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, is I'm talking to you right now. I am... Uh, you know, creating a course and uh, a friend of mine gave me a call five days back and I have quoted him a lot of time here. So Jogesh called me up five days back and, uh, you know, we were just talking about and he says, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on with your online course? And I said, yeah, I'm going to work on it, but I don't know when Uh, I'm just not getting time and, uh, you know, really busy with a lot of stuff. And uh, he says, uh, you know what, Vijay, I want to give you a challenge, but I am sure that you will not be able to, uh, you know, take that challenge up. And I said, "Um, well, what that challenge would be, I am willing to know, at least listen what that challenge is. And he says, no, Bija, I'm sure that you will not be able to take this challenge up. I, I said, I want to do it. Tell me, what is the challenge? And then he says, I'm waiting on the phone log on to your Facebook right now and announce that your course that you have been thinking of launching it from the past one year is going to launch on 31st of March. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was quiet and mm-hmm. uh, he also took a pause for a couple of seconds. And then he goes, I told you Bizet, that you cannot do it. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what, Joges? guess, it. I'm doing it. And then I went Love on it. Facebook, and then uh, and I was telling him, like, you know, Jokes, you put me all, you know, in a lot of pressure. I know the consequences of making this post because, like, I have twelve days to develop the entire course, and that's like crazy thing to do. And now, you know, in the past three days, the only thing that I'm working is my course. Fantastic. Why? Because now the priority changed. Now yes. you put yourself accountable. And as I mentioned, now there are 30 people who have paid for that course, which I haven't created. You have
1: to
0: pay. Yes. And I'm still working on that. Now, you know, this entire thing about, and I hope by the time this podcast uh, goes out, the course will be out. So the thing is, you know, when you hold yourself accountable to people, when you announce it to the world that you are going to do it, then you are putting yourself on a really... Uh, you know, a, a very powerful position that you have to answer the public because you hold yourself accountable. So I think that's a great learning for me in, you know, uh, doing both of these things to hold yourself accountable to people. And uh, that's something that you have done as well by taking money first before you had the product. Then now you have this pleasure of delivering the product because you have money in the bank. So I want to ask you, Deepak, if you have to condense the Learning from this entire journey of yours into three key learnings that you have had about building a digital business that goes from 2.5 lakhs to one crore a month in revenue. What would be those three key learnings that people can implement right from today in their life? Uh, You know, that might, uh, you know, they might not make it in like another year or two, but at least. They know that they are on the right track or on the right path to, you know, make this fortune for themselves. Like condense it into like three specific learnings that you have had.
1: So that's a tough question, but uh, I'll try. You to can take your time. Realize. First thing I would definitely say is that uh, you have to learn new things and consistently be open to new information. And uh, most of the average people out there, how they spend their weekends, are They probably go out, chill with their friends, watch a movie and the typical things that typical average people do. And uh, most of the people do the typical things because they don't want to be left out. And uh, because you don't want to be left out, you try to fit in and you try to do the things that most of the people are doing, which is defined as fun or which is defined as the normal way to live. And we end up paying a huge price for fitting in. Uh, not to be left out uh, is that we can never stand out and the price to stand out is that initially you will be left out so if i am quitting my job sitting at home trying to build a business no social life weekends i'm working weekdays i'm working i don't have any employees and i'm feeling lonely a lot of the times initially when i just got started is that i was obviously left out Uh, but Eventually, uh, you know, having invested those uh, energies into things that most of the people don't do, uh, especially most in learning, I have, I'm a voracious reader, I keep reading books, I'm always open to new ideas, new perspectives and things like that. And I think that is like the basic foundation of any successful person is that you have to be inspired enough. Obviously, uh, we are in a podcast, which is called the inspiring talks. and. You know, instead of someone uh, watching Netflix, if they just sit and listen to all your podcasts, you know, that is going to push them forward. And again, getting inspired itself is going to make you uncomfortable because then you have to take actions, right? So that is non-negotiable continuously. And if anybody is listening to this, then I would recommend that, yes, this podcast hopefully gives you some inspiration to do things in life, but that's not going to be enough. And uh, I think this was a quote by Zig Ziglar. Uh, motivation is something that will not last, just like taking a bath. You have to do it every day, right? And you might be inspired today. Uh, you might feel good, but you have to do something like this every day where you are listening to podcasts, reading books, listen to an audio book. And that is the only thing that is going to kind of light a fire in your ass and make you push forward. So so that is non-negotiable. Uh, second thing, uh, I would say that uh, obviously, this is not very related to digital, but I think these are the most important things which uh, help me. And and I would still say that I'm hardly scratching the surface. I probably achieved 1% of what I want to achieve in my life. But even this 1%, if I have achieved, I spend uh, excessive time in self-reflection. And I have eventually been able to design my life in such a way that uh, if I have some free time... The thoughts that occupy my mind are the thoughts about my startup and how to grow my business and things like that. So if you are having a life uh, where, let's say, you are going and taking your morning shower, and while you are in the shower, you will have a little bit of blank space, and then uh, some thoughts will start occupying your mind. Really be observant of what are the thoughts that are occupying your mind. Uh, if the thoughts that are occupying your mind is about you know anger at someone, someone said something, mom said this, dad said this, or you know, some issue at work, some work politics, if you are worried about something else, then those thoughts are going to uh, basically consume your brain's processing power. And it's going to set everything back. And uh, some of these thoughts really don't have any solution at all because these are the things which are outside of your control. You cannot really control it. So for me, my startup is the number one thing that I want to have in my mind. And when I am having me time and when I am uh, self-reflecting. And and this mostly happens while I'm doing uh, motorcycling, uh, happens during meditation, happens uh, during my long shas that I take, happens uh, when I take a walk around the park. So whenever you are doing something where you are just in the zone in the moment, and and you are having some blank space in your mind, uh, then the thoughts that occupy your mind Uh, should be the things which are most important to you and which is going to help you achieve your goals. And if it is not, then you need to design your life accordingly. Like for example, I had a lot of uh, different things in my life, which was occupying a lot of my mind, mostly related to people and relationships. And and then I discovered that, you know, unless I take a decision on that, then I will not be able to put all my mind and focus on the most important thing that matters to me, which is my fitness and my career, because those two things are my priority. And I feel, uh, you know, different people have different priorities. If for some people, uh, you know, career is not a priority, it's completely fine. Just make sure that that's what you are obsessing about. That's what you are obsessing about. That's what you are thinking all the time about. So uh, this might look counterintuitive to the first point that I said, because the first point I was saying that, you know, keep getting inspired, keep learning a lot of things and keep getting as much information as possible. But at the same time, you need to have enough blank space in your mind to assimilate the information that you have learned. And that comes from your own life experience, what you have done, what worked for you and the things that you have uh, learned and inspired. because I feel that there are two parts to this. One part is uh, acquiring the pieces of the puzzle. And then the second part is actually putting the puzzle pieces together. So a lot of people who don't take any action, who don't have any momentum, keep learning, keep learning, keep learning. That's like you are trying to take as much pieces of the puzzle as possible. But are you making enough time to put those puzzle pieces together and let the big picture appear? And that big picture is not going to be something that you can consciously work on. And for that, you need to give that blank space. Your subconscious mind is already putting it together. And you need to create that emptiness in your conscious mind so that the subconscious mind can kind of surface it to your conscious mind. And then you will get an intuition. And then you will say, fine, let me do this. You know, this is what I think is right. And a lot of people get intuitions. A lot of people get ideas from their subconscious mind. And you have to, on some level, trust your subconscious mind that the subconscious mind has put these things together for you. And you just have to act on it. Because if you have an idea, if you feel like, okay, I need to quit my job and start this business. And if you try to rationalize it, then uh, you are never going to be able to rationalize it because your subconscious mind is like probably thousand times more powerful than your conscious mind. Your conscious mind can only hold few things together at the same time. It cannot actually put together those things uh, consciously. So you just have to trust it and run with it. And that's where the concept of vulnerability also comes in. There is a chance it might not work But you have to run with it anyway. So first point is keep learning new things and keep getting as much inspiration as possible. Reduce the amount of TV that you uh, use. Reduce the amount of time you spend on Netflix. Reduce the amount of time you spend with people. I mean, it's okay. And and this is a wonderful time not to be spending time with people, right? You know, spend time with yourself. Keep learning. Keep getting this input. But also give enough time for self-reflection and uh, your subconscious mind is working all the time you don't need to make it work it's working while you are sleeping it's working while you are taking a shower it's working while you are going to a walk but but you need to have that silence to listen to your subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is never going to be loud it's not going to scream at your face hey do this so so you need to have that self-reflection time so if i have to say that you know what is most of the time i spend time on one third it's about uh you know, actually learning new things and getting inspired. Uh, the remaining one third is about, uh, I know, letting that blank space go in where I'm just losing track of time and I'm doing something. Uh, either I'm painting or I'm gardening or I'm playing with my dog or I'm just in the shower or I'm taking a walk around the park. So give excessive time for that. So so inspiration, blank space, and then obviously the rest one third of the time is actually do stuff. <laughs> if you don't do stuff then you are not going to actually get ahead anywhere. You know, uh, Sometimes uh, it's not the most comfortable or the easiest things to do. Obviously, you can put hacks like you are putting yourself accountable and there is no way you can't do it. Like I've scheduled a webinar for 9 o'clock. I have to do it. There is no other way. And uh, if you can be very disciplined enough to actually sit and do stuff, like write a book, have a discipline to write every day, every day write maybe 500 words or 1,000 words, have a discipline. And, and actually do that work, right? You no, know, Actually execute things. And if you don't execute things, all the things that you have got from inspiration and all the self-reflection time that you do, it will not close the loop because once you actually execute things, then you are going to get results. And uh, once you have the results, then you can go back and learn new things on top of what you have learned and understood. And then whatever self-reflection time you have will be a mix of the things that you have learned, but also you will be thinking about Hey, I did this, this work. Like, for example, you know, I could keep thinking about creating a courses database of, you know, 10 different courses I have launched so far. I could keep thinking about it. But unless I actually launched that first course, made some money, I would have never launched the second course, right? So you have to get to that first uh, milestone before you can get to the second milestone. So so I think, uh, you know, you asking these three, three things, uh, I have, this, this, is, this was there in my mind somewhere deep. And uh, in this podcast, you forced me to get it out. So these three things would be, you know, 33% uh, learn things and 33% reflect on things. 33% actually execute things. You have remaining 1% and maybe you can, uh, you know, just keep it like, (laughs) I don't know, uh, for anything that you want in your life, maybe uh, whatever you want to do. But but it has to be at least in the first initial years of your life while you are trying to set up your career and everything, uh, learn things, spend time on self-reflection and do things.
0: That was beautifully put, my friend. Thank you so much. It has been an amazing conversation having with you. We have come to an end of this conversation. I have one last question um, You know, I want to ask you. Um, but before I ask you, I would like to thank you so much uh, for, you know, helping a lot of people with the knowledge that you have and uh, helping other, uh, you know, get better in their life and, uh, you know, make their life better through the knowledge and skills that you have um, and also sharing these three you know, key lessons that you have condensed, everything that you have learned into these three key lessons. And I'm sure people find them really valuable. And I personally you know, loved the three you know, ideas that you have shared and I, I was making notes. So before I ask you the last question, if people would like to learn from you, if people would like to reach out to you, what would be the best possible way?
1: so my blog is digitaldeepak.com where i publish my blog post i think that would be a good place to start i have launched a free digital marketing course and it is available at learndigitalmarketing.com so people can go there and uh, people can enter my funnel from learndigitalmarketing.com and they can never get out of my funnel <laughs> uh,
0: i love this uh, you know so i heard by the way uh, for you guys to just to, to give you guys this idea of uh, you know how i have heard about deepak you know several times and uh, you know this guy you cannot get away on internet you know without seeing one or other of his uh, you know content or the facebook ads or the google ads or mm-hmm. just uh, you know uh, and um, and there i was at this program and uh, there were people on the stage and going and talking about their pitches and here comes you know somebody and i was having conversation with someone and there was this guy on the stage who says i just sign up for this newsletter and once you sign up and give me the email i'm not going to leave you for the rest of your life and i'm like what who is this who is this guy and then i know oh the digital deepak i've heard of him and then uh, and then you know i went uh, walked up to him and then we had a really a uh, uh, long long conversation about our journey and you know uh, and the things um that we have been through but uh, but it, it's great meeting you and catching up with you and learning about your story your journey deepak so Uh, Here's my last question for you. Deepak, now that you have started, uh, you know, uh, speaking more often and being on stage and, you know, talking to people. So imagine that you are standing on the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world. And there you are on that stage. And that stage is the biggest that has ever been built. And it has capacity to hold millions of people. And there are millions of people eagerly and passionately waiting to listen to the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. And you have been given only one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your lesson?
1: I think uh, the most important lesson that I have learned in my life is that... uh, on a cosmic scale, we don't matter. And um, if you look at a small thought experiment where you are taking a glass of water and you are just putting one molecule of salt in it, then you would not say that the water is salty. The water is still water because it's probably like 0.0001% of salt in a glass of water. So I'm a fan of Carl Sagan and you might have heard about the pale blue dot. and uh, Carl Sagan talked about uh, this uh, picture that was taken from space where the earth was just a dot suspended in a beam of light on a cosmic scale, uh, earth itself uh, in the amount of matter uh, or the space it consumes is like 0.0001% or something like that. And and if you actually think a little bit more deeper about it, since the universe is actually infinite, uh, like for example, if you're adding one molecule of salt in a sea, which is like almost infinite amount of water, uh, it doesn't exist, right? So so I feel that, um, you know, if you think about it like that mathematically, uh, we don't exist uh, because the amount of matter that we consume on a cosmic scale is, is negligible. And I think thinking about that uh, is going to make us more humble, more liberal, uh, more open to other people's views and not end up uh, thinking that you are superior uh, you are better than others uh, because of your religion or your country or whatever it is. And I think uh, not thinking about uh, uh, the cosmic scale is where where most of the human problems uh, arise from. Uh, and, and we take uh, things too seriously. So I think constantly reminding ourselves of our insignificance in the universe uh, is kind of going to uh, make us more humble. And uh, I think that is a good place to start for... Uh, the human consciousness to shift uh, towards something better.
0: Thank you so much, my friend. It was great having this conversation with you. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot,
1: Vijay. You have been a great host. I knew that you would be a great host. So I think that turned out very
0: well. (laughs) I said that at the very beginning. All right. Thank (laughs) you so much. You have been really kind. Uh, Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Inspiring Talk podcast. I really enjoyed having this conversation with Deepak and I hope you learned something from his journey and got some inspiration to do something big in your life. You can access show notes page at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash eighty two eighty two. It would mean a lot to me if you could share this episode on your Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And when you do that, don't forget to tag me at the rate BJ Speaks Thank you so much for listening I'll catch you in the next Now, go out there and do something inspiring